from the book of Joshua, chapter 6 and verse 10. And as you go to that scripture, there's a lady in St. Louis, we call her Sister Jenny, that has inspired me as well as many others. Some few months ago, a few years ago, her two teenage daughters, 117, 118, were gang raped and murdered and their bodies were tossed over into the Mississippi River. One of the girls' body was found, the other one, they never found her. But if you go to New Life in St. Louis, Missouri this morning, you'll find this precious lady with a smile on her face, her hands lifted, giving praise unto the Lord Jesus Christ. She stands at the door, she greets people. Sometimes she'll get blessed and run around the church. And when I see this going on with Sister Jenny, I always think, what excuse do I have? What excuse do you have? Joshua 6, verse 10, Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. Now, in good old Canadian English, that says be quiet, all right? But there's a time to shout. Is anybody ready to shout? Do you have a shout for Jesus? Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing, that means nothing, all right? Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that scripture there alone ought to have us running around this church shouting and talking in tongues. Think of this. Think of this. He's given us power over the enemy and we know who that is and nothing shall hurt you. Psalms 118 and verse 6 The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Living Bible says, He is for me. How can I be afraid? Our Lord, I love you today with all my heart. And I worship you and I praise you. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity. We have to stand in this place and minister from your holy word. Thank you for the power there is in your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you may be seated. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Joshua commanded the people to be quiet. And there was a reason for that. Israel was restricted on talking. The Bible says that life and death is in the tongue. Joshua was aware of the power 
that we possess in talking ourselves out of revival. Talking ourselves out of victory. This church has the power to talk itself right out of apostolic revival. Even when there is no evidence, even when there is little opposition, sometimes we talk ourselves out of the victory. But Joshua learned this lesson, Numbers 13, when they sent the 12 spies to spy out the land, they came back with a report. The Bible says it was an evil report. It was an evil report. The land, it eats up the inhabitants. We saw men of great stature. We saw giants. We were like grasshoppers beside these giants. And the Bible says that upon hearing this, the congregation lifted up their voice and wept and murmured against Moses and wanted to go back to Egypt. The process today in backsliding is the same. By the way, this is a bad time to backslide. Jesus is coming. I say Jesus is coming. But it usually starts out with whining and complaining and finding fault. And then the next step is murmuring against the spiritual leadership that God has placed over us. And the final step is right out the door back into Egypt, back into the world. The Bible says God took their words seriously. God said, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. And as you have spoken, I am going to do this to you. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. Now, 40 years later, an entire generation of people have passed on. And Joshua is standing one more time in that place, looking at Jericho, looking at the walls of Jericho, getting ready to go into the promise, promises of God. And Joshua said, be quiet. I don't want to hear a single word from your mouth. And when I tell you to shout, I want everybody to shout. Isn't it good when the church is unified and we're together and everything we do, we do it together. We stand up together. We sit down together. We raise our hands together. We clap our hands together. We praise God together. Everything we do, we do it together. And Joshua is saying, here's what you do. You shout. I want everybody to shout when I tell you to shout. He said to Israel, we are looking at a promise. Your fathers were here before. They talked their way out of a victory. I've waited 40 years to get here again. Have you ever been around somebody just talked all the time? I'm sure those kind of people are all back in Canada. None of those kind of people in Denver. Some people just talk, talk, talk all the time. 
And uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, would you please be quiet? At least be quiet for five minutes. Hey, here's a verse for those kind of people, all right. Some months ago, our district superintendent in New York City felt directed of God to call a citywide prayer meeting. They came from all over Metro New York to a prayer meeting. About 350 people praying. Nothing else, praying, just praying. It was on a Saturday, and the plan was that everybody would be dismissed and go back home at noon. But when noon came, there were those that were interceding in prayer, and there were those that were travailing in prayer. And so the superintendent felt to let it go, let it go. And they prayed on and they prayed on until about three o'clock in the afternoon. And it was then that God began to speak to them through tongues and interpretation. And the Lord said, because you have prayed, I have spared your city from great disaster. While that prayer meeting was going on, there was a young man from Pakistan planting a bomb in Times Square. But that bomb never exploded. I believe it was because of the prayers of God's people. The church will never get credit for that, but it was because of God's people praying. There is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. Some years ago, I was standing in a place in Pakistan. I will not even mention the name of it for fear that, well, it's going out over the internet. But as I stood in that place and I was getting ready to preach, there were those that were threatening my life. There were those that were saying, we will stone you. You cannot preach here. I did not know what to do. I stood there for a moment, unsure exactly how to proceed with that service. And then I said to my wonderful Pakistani pastor friend that was with me, I said, let's pray. We started to pray, just the two of us silently praying there, standing on that platform, and then God moved into that place. I felt the hand of God upon my head. I was shaking from head to toe. I did not understand what was happening. I thought maybe I was having a nervous breakdown. I didn't know what was going on until I heard the voice of Almighty God. And I heard his voice say to me, if you will pray for the sick, I will perform many miracles in this place. If you will pray for the sick, I will reveal myself to these people. I made the announcement, if you will come up here and allow me to pray for you in the name of my God, Jesus, you will be healed. After a few moments, a couple of young men got a hold of an elderly lady that was blind. They began to lead her down to where we stood. I remember as I reached my hand out and laid it on top of her head. She was frightened. She was trembling all over. 
I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, heal these blind eyes. And when I prayed that simple prayer, this little, little lady started jumping up and down and shouting, I can see, I can see, I can see. All 350 people jumped up and come running down to the front. They got a hold of the little lady. They said, what happened? She said, I don't know. I don't understand. All I know is when I came here, I was blind. I could not see, but now I see. Now I see. Within 10 or 15 minutes, we witnessed three blinded people instantly healed, one right after the other. The people sat. I preached. Many people received the Holy Ghost. God raised up a church in that city. I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that is able to do anything if we would believe him. Let's don't talk ourselves out of revival. Let's don't talk ourselves out of a great triumph. Victory is ours. I say victory is ours. Victory is ours. I was preaching in Colombo, Sri Lanka, when a young Buddhist priest came into the service. When I give the altar call, he came forward. We begin to pray with him. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He got baptized in Jesus' name. Later became a licensed minister of the United Pentecostal Church in Sri Lanka. He kept coming to me saying, Pastor, God has called me to go to the city of Kathuragamba. Kathuragamba is a sacred city to the Buddhists and to the Hindus. It's like Mecca to the Muslim. There, no, there were no Christian churches of any kind. They would not allow Christianity to be preached in that city. There was a, there was a river, the Minic River, that flowed through that city of Kathuragamba. They believed that the water of this river is sacred. They would bathe in those sacred waters and then they would go into their temples and they would offer sacrifices to their many gods. The Hindus worship more than 33 million gods. Aren't you glad you got one? And you know who it is. I told Brother Gunas here, I said, Sir, you cannot go to Kathodagamba. They will never allow you to preach the gospel in that city. He kept coming back to me so every so often, sometimes tears running down his face. He would say, Pastor, God's called me to go to that city. I must go. I must preach the gospel there to my people. And so finally the executive board laid their hands upon them and prayed over them and commissioned them to go to Kathuragamba to preach the gospel. We did not hear from him for many, many weeks. I became very worried. I was concerned what has happened to Brother Gunasiri and his family. One day I was in the office of our headquarters and the phone rang. I picked it up and it was Brother Gunasiri on the phone. I was so happy to hear his voice. He said, Pastor, can you come? I've got 17 people ready to be baptized 
in Jesus' name. He was excited. He said, one of the men that's going to be baptized is the highest ranking priest in the Hindu temple. He wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. I was not able to go, but my assistant went, and he and Brother Gunasiri baptized 17 people in the famous Minic River. For the very first time, sins were washed away in the Minic River because of the power of the name of Jesus Christ. So that night after this priest was baptized, they assassinated him. And this was the beginning of great persecution against that fledgling work. When I heard about this, I drove to Kathuragamba. I met with Pastor Gunasiri. I said, sir, you must leave. You've got to get out of this place. You cannot stay here. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill your wife and your three children. You've got to leave. He wept and he cried and he said, Pastor, please, I cannot go. I have to stay here. God has called me to preach to these people the gospel of Jesus Christ. God was doing something. Every once in a while, God surprises us. You ever notice that? He loves to surprise us. I couldn't understand what was going on. But God was doing something great, something powerful. The water supply of that city became contaminated. People became sick. People were dying. They couldn't find safe water for drinking purpose. So they searched and they searched and they discovered that the only water in that city that was safe to drink was the water that was coming from the little well in the compound of the United Pentecostal Church. I have pictures of them lined up for miles, bringing their buckets, bringing them every day, filling them up with water, carrying them to their houses. That well never went dry. It provided drinking water for that city for many, many weeks. The city council, the government there, had a business meeting. They passed a bylaw. And the bylaw says, we will allow only one church in our city. That's the United Pentecostal Church. Only one church. It's an apostolic church. It's a Jesus name church. It's a Holy Ghost speaking in tongues church. It's a holiness believing church. And that church is sitting at the gates of hell and they're having an apostolic revival. If God can raise up a church in a place like Kathalagamba, he can raise up a church anywhere in this world, anywhere. The Lord is on our side. 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 He is for us. Daniel saw a time when Satan would try to wear out the saints. I think we are living in that time. Paul said we're troubled on every side. We're distressed, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. 
Saul said, even if I die, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm talking about the divine power. I'm talking about the, the number one power. Oh yes, the devil has got some power to torment you and to harass you, but our God has got the power to defeat him. He has the power to defeat your enemy. The Lord is on our side. The prophet Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. Hebrews 11, my favorite chapter in the Bible. I preach from Hebrews 11. I kind of have the reputation, pastor, of being a faith preacher. My wife says that's all, you, that's all you do is preach about faith. Hebrews 11, faith chapter. Elders obtained, worlds framed, Abel offered, Enoch translated, Noah built, Abraham went out, Sarah conceived, Moses forsook, walls fell, Rahab was spared. Kingdom subdued. They wrought righteousness. They stopped lions. They escaped the sword. They quenched fire. They were valiant in fight. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. They received their dead, raised again. Hebrews 11, all of this accomplished by people like you and me. When I look at those characters in God's holy hall of heroes, Noah got drunk, Abraham lied, Sarah doubted God, Jacob cheated his brother, Moses murdered an Egyptian, Rahab was a harlot. Gideon bowed before an ephah. Samson loved wicked women. And David was an adulterer. Should I go on? This is God, God's holy hall of heroes, Pastor. Think of that. They are in God's holy hall of heroes because God is a recoverer. God is a rebuilder. God is a redeemer. He's a restorer. He's a renewer. He's a reviver. He's a replacer. He's a repairer. He's a recreator. God's holy hall of heroes. That's it. Some or such of you. And 
We need to quit counting ourselves out. We need to quit talking ourselves out of victory. Victory is ours. Victory is yours. God is with you. God is on your side. On your side. The devil is a liar. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil wants you to focus your attention on all the faults in the church. Instead upon Jesus Christ who is in the church. God has not abandoned his body. He has not abandoned his church. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Theatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. You think we got problems? Read about those seven churches. But John saw a vision of the Lord standing among seven golden candlesticks. And in Revelation 1.20 said, those candlesticks were those seven churches. What that is saying to us is that Christ is in the midst of his church. He's here. He's here. Oh, come on, let's praise him. I feel God here in a special way right now. By the power and by the authority of the word. What is the word of the Lord to us? Zechariah said it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Isaiah said the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame man shall leap as a heart. The tongue of the dumb sing. The wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Amos said the plowman shall overtake the reaper. The prophet Joel declared it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. David said, the Lord is on my side. We need vision. We need to see more than just where we've been. We need to, we need to see where we're going, where we are. I believe when we get up and walk, Pastor God gets up and walks with us. The Lord is on our side. The Lord is on our side. 
What kind of God do we have on our side? Hebrews 5, Jesus is the author of salvation. Hebrews 1, he's the brightness of God's glory. Isaiah 32, he's the covered from the tempest. John 17, he is the declarer of God's name. Hebrews 1, he is the express image of God's person. Luke 7, he is the friend of all sinners. Matthew 12, he is greater than Solomon. Acts 3, he's the Holy One and he's the just. Hebrews 6, he is immutable. Acts 13, he is the justifier. Ruth 4, he is my kinsman redeemer. John 1, he is the Lamb of God. Romans 3, he is the mercy seat. He is my propitiation. Philippians 2, his name is above all others. Revelation 22, he is Alpha and he's Omega. He's the beginning and he's the ending. Romans 9, he's the potter. John 5, he's the quickener. Deuteronomy 33, he's my refuge. Psalms 3, he's my shield. John 6, he's the true bread. 2 Corinthians 9, he's the unspeakable gift. John 10, he's the vanguard that goes before us. Zechariah 2, he's a wall of fire around us. And he's on our side. I say he's on our side. Despite reversals, he's on our side. Despite sickness, disease, he's on our side. Despite heartache and failure, he's on our side. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Let's stand together. I want us to send our enemy a message. I want us to let him know that we have a God that's on our side. We have no reason to be afraid. The devil would have us gripped with fear. But fear has to go. I speak healing this morning. I loose miracles in this house. If you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, today is the day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is your day to receive your miracle. Because our God is with us. My message to Calvary Apostolic Church today is God is on your side. I say God is on your side.